Blur's first American tour coincided with the release of Nirvana's Nevermind in the fall of 1991. Unbeknownst to America, they were about to be shell-shocked by the Seattle Sound, by grunge, by a Generation X uprising. The London-based quartet was asked how they felt about Nirvana and the Seattle scene while sitting in a cramped New York radio studio, to which guitarist Graham Coxon answered by saying, I fucking hate it. Grunge was lost on the moody art school imports that Blur represented. While America was descending into a sonic depression, Blur and soon-to-be rivals Oasis ran from it, challenging themselves to create music full of life and prosperity. If 1991 is the year punk broke thanks to Nevermind, 1994 is the year that Britpop exploded, thanks in part to not only Oasis's debut record, but also Blur's Park Life, which was as uniquely British as Nevermind was American. Park Life is a cultural touchstone full of inside jokes, innuendos, and references lost on the outsider. Despite language that is hard to decipher, Blur's third release is undeniably infectious. And for that, Park Life remains an art school album. Today's episode, a return to form. You know, 2021, we've been doing roundtable discussions. We've been, unfortunately, doing some retrospective podcasts of artists that have passed away. We're going back to a simple album review, and we're doing it with a very complex individual. I'm so glad to welcome my guest today, Carson Bartholomew. Welcome to the show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How do you feel about that introduction, a complex individual? Um... I can take it two ways. Um, one is, okay, I'm complex. That's good. And the other way is um, rage. Um, what makes me complex? Well, this is what I wanted to get into. You know, a, a lot of the times I will introduce guests by saying, my good friend, we've known each other for so long. Mm. I don't, I don't you know. You can't, our... can't say that about me, Case. <laughs> I don't know what our relationship is. I think we're very mm. cordial. I would say we have plenty of mutual friends. Sometimes, yeah. though, in the dead of night when I can't sleep, I'm thinking, I wonder what Carson thinks of me. Yeah, it's very, our relationship is very Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin. It's complicated. Like, it is a complicated relationship um, that, you know, maybe after today's show, we become best buddies. This our mutual, a, yeah. This our show is a unifier of sorts, so thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. What, what were you going to say about our mutuals? I cut you off twice. Yeah, no, you're good. Our mutual friends, um, Jake Clingingsmith, in a, just to call him out, says, you and Case have the same takes on things. And um, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, it's kind of scary because you aren't a person I know that well. So I'm like, huh. Because I know that you watch Family Guy, so that's always in my head is like, wait, I share the same takes as the guy who routinely watches Family Guy. That's kind of scary. But hey, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're best friends. We'll find out. You're my bestie, maybe. I like the tradition of always mentioning Jake Klingensmith, whether he's on the episode or not. That is, <laughs> yeah. that is always good. That has been yeah. literally every single episode. It, it is uh, It's something where I think... I am in a uh, constant state of zagging when everyone zigs. Yeah. And I think you do that to some extent too. And mm. that is where it's like, oh, I don't like, this person has the same hot take I do. What the yeah. fuck? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? So it's interesting that that you're here uh, talking about the album that we're going to be talking about today, Blur's Park Life, because I certainly don't know any other 22-year-olds that yeah. are that have opinions on blur at all uh -uh. it shouldn't um i was reading the lyrics uh to some of these songs and i was thinking to myself there is no goddamn reason a 12 year old me in the middle of southern california in the united states of america should be listening to tracy jacks <laughs> in about um there's there's lyrics on this album that i truly don't know what they mean we are going to get into that because obviously it takes a person from California and a person from Indiana that wishes they were Cali from California oh, yes. to properly analyze the most British fucking thing I've ever mm. heard yep. in my entire life. But before we get to that, Carson, I do want to talk a little bit about your musical upbringing because mm -hmm. I associate you with two bands. 
I'm not sure either of them are accurate. I don't know if you're fans of these bands. I think I've heard you talk about both of them, and that's why it's in my mind. But when I think about Carson, I think about music. I think of Third Eye Blind, who I'd like your opinions on. That album is amazing. The first Third Eye Blind album? Oh, the only one I know. Jumper. <laughs> How's it gonna be? How's it gonna be has been, re- has been on my Spotify wrapped like for the last three years. <laughs> Again, an album I should not be listening to. It's from before I was born. Um, it, I don't understand much of what he's talking about. Um, but I'm like, yeah, this guy, this guy and I, we get each other when I listen to that. The first Third Eye Blind album, and I can't believe I've been doing the show for over a year and I haven't done an episode on it. Losing a whole year, narcolepsy, semi-charmed life, how's oh. it going to be, jumper, Un- a murderer's Hits role. after hits for no goddamn reason. It's absurd. And I feel like, because at this time last year, Carson, we're spending Monday through Thursday, like nine to five with each other at the yes. old second city in Chicago. I was talking to you before we started recording, like, oh, I haven't seen you in basically a year, but I have very fond memories of you just singing a lot of Third Eye Blind whenever we were around each other. Yeah. The other band that I was like, is Carson a fan of these guys or does Carson at least like joke about them? I'm not sure what it is. Uh, Carson, are you a fan of the band Fiddler? Oh, God. <laughs> no, I am not a fan of Fiddler. Um, oh, wow. Is no. it fair of me to ask that question, though? Do you yes, understand where is. I'm coming from? Yes. Um, Fiddler was huge um, in California with the Santa Ana punk scene. Everyone loved Fiddler. Uh, I sadly did like them sophomore to junior year of high school as everyone did um i luckily did not get the upper thigh tattoo that most girls i've met have gotten that is just this fiddler in the same spot on the upper thigh um no i wouldn't say i'm a fan um i put them in a box as i do the front bottoms where i say this was a part of my life for a year that i listened to this music and i will not reopen that box ever again Obviously, the front bottom is my favorite band of all time. Other than Smiths, <laughs> um, literally, like daily listening f- since I was fourteen. I think just like the best band I've ever heard. Fiddler, I was into them my junior year of high school. I just recently did an episode with Alyssa Schuster. We talked about the concept. I introduced her to the concept mm-hmm. of male manipulator music. Fiddler made that playlist. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I can't. I can't name one person from high school who showed me Fiddler who hasn't had like a scandal around them. <laughs> like it is, if you like Fiddler, it's a red flag. Completely. Like yeah. I told Shu that because we, we, you know, a lot of the Shu episode was like, she likes Hozier and Bruno Mars and her favorite show is New Girl, which is fine. None of those are critiques, but I was saying like, hey, if a guy shows you like the band Teen Suicide or a band like Fiddler, yeah. be aware. And, yeah. and I think that's a very healthy discussion. I'm curious, though, I threw those two band names at you. I want to know from you, though, growing up, what were some of the first bands that you claimed as your own? Who do you remember really getting into at a young age? I grew up, I was not allowed to listen to the radio, not because, like, my family were Christians. It was just, like, I was the youngest. And so I got, like, smacked in the back of the head when I, like, even tried to reach the steering wheel to be like, let's listen to the top 40. It'd be like, no. Um, so... I, growing up, I really just listened to whatever my dad was playing on his Sirius, which it was the old Sirius that you had to like plug into the car, not like these built-in ones. Very familiar was, with that concept. Yeah. Real quick, sorry to cut you off. Do no, you you're remember, good. Do you remember what Sirius channels he was listening to? Um, we the Coffee House, the acoustic oh. covers. So I found out Young the Giant from them. Um, so kind of an epic win for me. Um, <laughs> coughs are up. I remember listening to that and staring out the window on the way to like middle school and being like, yeah, this is as good as it gets. Cough syrup and my body on that album. Not a bad output from Young the Giant. No, for hitters. That was a great album. Album after that is pretty good. And then I, they disappeared from my life so quickly. Um, Haven't listened to them since. I get fight or flight every time they come on because I'm immediately reminded of like 2013. 
which is a tough position for anybody to be in. I'm sorry you have to go through that. I yeah. personally not familiar with what Young the Giant's doing now. After that, I didn't mm-hmm. even make it to the second album. After that first album, I was like, okay, I've had enough. This was yeah, good. They're but doing I don't, their thing. Yeah. yeah. But I don't I don't need so you were listening to your dad's Sirius XM, Young the Giant, Third Eye Blind, yes. a little bit, little bit down the road, Fiddler. What <laughs> else is in your rotation? Oh, I remember there were two CDs in my car. Uh, my car did not have radio. So I had to listen to my sister's CD collection. And I remember I wore out the Pretty Reckless's album. I'm not sure if you are aware of them. I don't think so. Okay. So there's an actress from Gossip Girl. If you're aware of of the hit TV show Gossip Girl, I think it's Taylor Momsen, something like that. She was a 16 year old who joined a band of like a bunch of 20 year olds and they made like rock music. And it was just like everything I needed um, growing up. So I listened to a lot of the Pretty Reckless and Say Anything's Is a Real Boy, unfortunately was the only other CD my sister had in the car, Um, which explains why I'm like this, I feel like. Just opened up an entire world of like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Like if I would have known that when I met you four years ago, would have just like been like, oh, that's why that's why Carson is like who Carson yeah. is because I liked it anyways but yeah. it was still like oh this person spent their formative years listening to say anything is a real boy that makes a ton of sense yeah. I'm curious because you mentioned Gossip Girl I am not super familiar with the program looks mm-hmm. like something I would love would love to make time for oh it's day. when I see Gossip Girl I think Case Lowen needs to see this I was gonna ask are you familiar with the television program One Tree Hill because that is one of my favorite shows of all time um that is it Gavin McGraw's I don't need to be anything other? Yeah, I watched the first season of that show and then I was like, huh, okay. And then again, disappeared from my life. Haven't thought about it. I think they made nine seasons of that show. The Damn. first the first eight, well worth your time. Kind of one of the best things I've ever seen. Ye- eight seasons and then the ninth season. Nah, they, they, they sold out that They season. did because they all the characters like grew up even more it was just like watching adults and it wasn't very fun at that point whereas Mm -hmm. I think the show that I I was going to start recently but then they added iCarly onto Netflix and I look I have been distracted by that but Uh uh-huh the show Younger that had Hilary Duff and I believe it was on WGN America or TV Land maybe TV Land I think I want that, to say TV land. That show looks awesome. I just thought that was on Hulu. That is going to be my next project. That is the kind of stuff that I am into. Interesting. Huh. It's like One Tree Hill. And then I'll, I'll flip over and be like, oh, Family Guy's on TBS. This night's yeah. shaping up to be awesome. Yeah, primetime cable is where you're at right now. It's like I, the channels take you where you want to see. That's good. That's exactly it. Uh, let's talk about Blur a little bit. That's the band we're here to discuss today. Off the top, we talk about Britpop. There are two bands that come to mind. There's Blur and there's Oasis. Mm-hmm. Who do you prefer? That's, okay, that's a tough question. I'm, usually I decide who I like more by who I'm talking to and their decision. I'll just fight for the other one because I just like to be like a little bit of a bitch sometimes. Like uh, the amount of times I've been like, Someone was like, oh, but some might say by Oasis is so good. And I was like, okay, well, Blur did song too. What about it? Like, we all make hits. Like, I will fight no matter what for just to be a contrarian sometimes. Wow, I, I, yeah. I completely understand that way of living. Yeah. But now you, you, the pressure's on you. You're on the hot seat because yeah. I will zag to whatever you zig with Blur versus Oasis. Who do you have? I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to go with Blur. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, I understand why you would have that opinion. Yeah. But Oasis is, the first two Oasis albums, which we talked about definitely maybe on this show, that episode came out, I, maybe a year ago to the week that we're actually mm-hmm. talking about this now that I think about it. Definitely maybe one of the best recordings ever. Just a flawless album. Yeah. What's the story, Morning Glory? You want to talk about Third Eye Blind, that first album, all the hits on there. What's the story Morning Glory? It's like half hits. Like, yeah. it's just like all like, oh, here was like a number one single that just happened to be on this album. There's like six of those. Not as consistent, but peak super highly. 
I, uh, I understand to an extent why people are annoyed by Oasis. I, I am sick of Wonderline or Wonderwall being a punchline though, because Wonderwall is just, it's one of the best songs of all time. It's just a good song. I don't know if I missed the joke. Um, if I wasn't in college in the early 2000s where people were breaking out guitars and singing Wonderwall, I guess I missed that era. But it to me, it's just, this is just the good song that they play like when they play all the hits. Like any hits ever, a Wonderwall is there. It's as good of a pop song as I've ever heard. And you know, we're four years deep into college now. I don't think I've been around somebody that's busted out a guitar at a party ever now. I think you get out more than I do, but I don't see a lot of guitar dudes in the wild. Um, I lived in the Dwight, like a dorm uh, freshman year, and that was the only time I ever saw somebody with a guitar, and they got ridiculed to a certain, like, I was like, I felt bad for him. I think he, like, played, like, a cover of the Arctic Monkeys, and I just he just got laughed out of the room. That's crazy. I mean, as a fellow Columbia College Chicago student, I was living in 731 South Plymouth my freshman year. Okay. I lived there my sophomore year. My sophomore year, too, I chose to live there another year. I was like, and if, they really? had it, if they had kept it open, I would have lived there my junior year as well. I was like, I don't ever need to move out of this place. They have exactly what I'm looking for. But like the Dwight freshman year, I was only in that building a few times and I feel like everyone that lived in the Dwight their freshman year just by life circumstances had a drastically different college experience than I did because that yeah. building seems insane to me. It was pretty crazy. Um, I remember a stranger came over to my apartment once, knocked on the door, sat on my couch and told me <laughs> that there was a ghost in the Dwight um, that fed off of our angst. Um and Which is accurate. If there's a place to feed off of angst. It's a Columbia dorm. Yes. Um, and I remember being like, that was like a regular thing. People would just knock on your door, come sit down, tell you a story. Um, which, looking back on it, amazing experience. Um, but yeah, the Plymouth, I never heard of anybody, let's go to the Plymouth to hang out. It was, ne that was never a saying I heard. It was great. It was, it was like living alone in a dorm at times there was just yeah. you never heard anybody you never saw anybody yeah. it was it was a great experience and my freshman year of college I I mean that was like the height of like oh whatever Morrissey has done musically let's relax we're going to separate the art from the artist whatever Morrissey has done musically I didn't say it I didn't say a thing so let's, just, let's relax like it's the greatest it's the greatest thing of all time and I you know still feel that way mostly but mm -hmm. i was like oh let me get into echo and the Bunnymen. let me get into some of the cure let me get into this next wave of like mm -hmm. blur and oasis and i remember the summer going into my sophomore year of college just being heavy into brit pop that is exactly yeah. what i wanted at the time i went to los angeles that summer while i was in la went to amoeba hollywood Okay. got blurs park life at amoeba hollywood that's so, crazy <laughs> yes it's crazy to be in there and go like i'm gonna get a blur record today yeah. <laughs> uh, you had to blow off dust off of those bad boys yeah but they're a, a blur is a band that i have very warm memories of, uh, memories of i'm curious because you said you were 12 listening to this band yeah. do you remember what your entry point into blur was it was a hundred percent the music videos I was not, I was late, I guess, to the YouTube thing. I remember I found out what YouTube was in sixth grade. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't watching the Harry Potter puppet shit that these people quote at me. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. People are like, oh, like all, they'll name YouTubers. And I'm like, no, I remember just going to the music section and just Blur had like the music video for every single song. And they were so camp and high production. And it just, and I'll say it, Damien, that lead singer, hot, hot oh, yeah. guy, oh, yeah. good looking guy. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just watch all of these. And so without even like really understanding that this is a band, where these singers are now 40 plus years old now. They don't look like that. They don't sound like that. The band doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. I just kept listening to them. And so when I, especially Park Life, I listened to that album again and I'm like, oh, this is like my childhood, like warm, fuzzy feelings. That's 
crazy, first yeah. of all. Uh, I, I will say as a very brief aside, because you mentioned, I think you said Harry Potter puppets, and I'm assuming you're referring to kids at Columbia, perhaps, that mention vines or YouTubers that you're unaware of. Was that kind of the direction you were going with that? Yeah, there were, people will quote things um, and be like, come on, everybody knows this. And I'm like, <laughs> you sound crazy right now. So I don't think you know this story, but I do think you'll get a kick out of it, that the summer before I came to Columbia, so in between my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college, I knew I was coming to the school to be a comedy major. And I was very intimidated at this idea of like, oh, I'm going to be around other funny people that probably read Split Cider every day, that worship Scott Ackerman. Like I thought I was coming in to just hardcore comedy nerds and that summer i binged the larry sanders show on hbo thinking that it would help me make friends at college in 2017 not 1994 <laughs> and then i came here and everybody was like so i was watching this vine the other day and yeah i it took me so long to recover from all of the time that i put into binging one of the greatest comedy shows of all time but something that no one at the school cares about yeah that was that, that was definitely you got feels from people like nathan i'm not sure if nathan hatfield's been on this podcast <laughs> yes. but nathan would get he would get furious when people didn't know some like <laughs> old fucking comedian from like the 40s and you have to be like dude we're watching vines youtube like the last like tina fey movie we're not going back to vaudeville and like figuring out who invented comedy i think the last time i saw ann libra in person one of the nicest people on earth she looks me in the eyes in like heavy sighs and she goes you and nathan hatfield born in the wrong generation <laughs> Oh, that oh god yeah, yeah you should have been back in the 80s with her and steve carell back in second city that's a your young, a young norm holly just taking chicago by oh, storm i by don't think storm, norm was young yeah. in the 80s i think he was probably in his i don't know 50s at that point oh uh, yeah I, I will say you were talking about how blur is kind of your childhood for me it's uh more of a college memory mm -hmm. I was re-familiarizing myself with this album earlier this week because I had not heard it all the way through in, in at least a year, probably closer to two. And what happens is uh, I'm working a job now where I wake up a little before five in the morning, typically. So I'm in bed by 930. Mm -hmm. Earlier this week, uh, I think it was a, a Wednesday night, I had taken a nap in the afternoon. So bedtime rolls around and all of a sudden I've got a little bit more energy than I'm used to. And I think, well, you know, I've got to, I've got to do some prep for this podcast. I've taken my notes, but I haven't sat down, listened to the album. Let me put on my AirPods and let me kind of, kind of pace around my apartment and just like feel this album out. Cause it's been a while since I've listened to it. I didn't think I was doing anything wrong because again, this is like 945. I'm typically asleep by this point. And then I listened to the album once all the way through, or I probably three quarters of it because it's a pretty long album. And then I go to bed and I wake up the next day. And when I leave the next day, I see a note taped on my door. And it says, this is from my downstairs neighbor. I don't know if you work out or do Dance Dance Revolution or some shit at 10 p.m., but some of us are trying very hard to sleep and consider 10 p.m. to be late with an underscore at night. Please walk around quieter, question mark. Don't jump around on your creaky floors. I don't know, but for the love of God, please be quieter. Signed, your very awake downstairs neighbor. Now, Carson, I moved into this apartment building about a month ago. I know nobody in this building. I don't see anybody in this building. I live alone. I don't talk to anyone. That's my first interaction with anyone I've had here. And I thought it was a little mean. Yeah, um, I ship it. I think that's the beginning of a love story if I've ever seen one. Um, <laughs> Uh, as a person who works early in the morning but has to go to bed, I've never been like, I've never been like up because roommates were partying or, you know, there's a kid that lives above me that skips around instead of walking. And that's cute. I think that's awesome. I would never leave a note, but that is kind of awesome that they did. I, it really stunned me because again, if it was two in the morning, 
I would kind of understand. I'm typically asleep by 9.30. I just happen to be awake at 9.45 and I thought I would basically like do figure eights in my living mm-hmm. room, like pace around while listening to Blur. Yeah. And apparently I was too loud. And it kind of, it was, because again, it's the only time this could have happened because I'm typically asleep by this time. It seemed really aggressive for a first warning of sorts. Yeah. You should send an apology. Be like, sorry, I was prepping for my podcast. <laughs> Ugh, you want to be on? What's your favorite album? And then just start up a conversation and then get them on the podcast. Oh man, it's been so hard meeting people lately, Carson. That yeah. might not be a bad idea. It's hard meeting people because I have so many opinions on Blur's Park Life, which came out on April 25th, 1994. Number one in the UK at the time of its release with over 1 million albums sold. Carson, are you ready to get into this album? So ready. Let's do it. And let's start with the singles. There were five of them that were released uh, around the world. Tracy Jacks was a single in the United States, but we'll table that discussion for just a second. Uh, The five singles being Girls and Boys, To the End, Park Life, End of a Century, and This is a Low. The record starts with the first single, which is Girls and Boys. What an introduction to this album. I will say up top, as much as I love Park Life, what an annoying album. And Girls and Boys is the start of that annoyance. I think you should take that back right now. <laughs> this song is so good. How is this? Th- you? I think this song is amazing. One, bisexual anthem, immediately. Uh, it's just good. I don't, why do you, why do you hate it? Why do you think I, it's annoying? I do not hate it. I think Sorry. it is a very good song and I like listening to it, but it is objectionably, objectionably, objectionably. Is that the word I'm looking for? Objectively. That's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Yeah, that's for. good. That one. It is this in your face techno beat with this mm-hmm. really loud drum behind it. The chorus is absurd but it fits the theme of the song of this summer fling uh romantic escapades with no specific partner mm-hmm. throughout an entire summer vacation yeah. i love the idea of it i support it COVID negative sex positive that's the way i live mm-hmm. my life uh-huh. but it's i can't listen to this song just like in general because i i run across that with like hardcore bands i like of for the most part that's the music i prefer listening to that's what i like every once in a while though I'll catch a scream in my ear and I'm like, you know what? I can't do this right now. Not in the mood for it. Girls and boys of a similar nature. I have to choose to put this song on. It can't catch me by surprise. Oh, this is like on every playlist. I think I have. I love this song. I like the almost put upon Cockney accent that Damon Albarn is forcing you to listen to. I love the rhyme is barely in this song. I think the lyrics are good. Um, it's just very blur. Like when I think of blur, I think of boys or girls and boys. It's just nonsense. It's just so good. And it's about sex and it's about youth and it's about growing up in Britain and all of these like things that they're going through about being sex positive. I love it. I think it's great. And I think you just hate sex. Uh, yeah, I can't argue that, unfortunately. <laughs> I I know in the the dichotomy of Blur versus Oasis, you know, Blur were considered to be these art school prep kids from London, where Oasis were the working class boys from Manchester. And I've heard both Noel and Liam make fun of this song viciously. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. kind of, it, like, it, when they do that, it's like, no, I agree with them. Like this, like I don't want to admit that I like this song, but I do like this song. But it is uh, certainly different than anything that was found on Definitely Maybe, which came out the same year, mm-hmm. and uh, much different than anything really that would be on Blur's next album. And and watch the story of Morning Glory is just walls and walls of guitars. There's there's nothing that sounds mm-hmm. like this really in the Britpop canon. Whereas I think a song like End of a Century, which was the next single familiar tones kind of reminded me a little bit of like a smith song but instead of this isolation and dread and let me die alone that i think the smiths would kind of lean into 
it was very much this youthful, like the world is burning. Let's celebrate together type of thing that I got from it, which was a, a unique spin to take on what I thought was one of the best songs on the album. That song, I have to be honest, is the only, that's the one I skip. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate that sound that, that he does in that song, which plays every album he does this voice damien does the voice where he's like and it's like shut up it's just i think the lyrics are really good i think one i thought he the lyric was eating all the muscles um it is not it's about ants eating up all the morsels um so i again listening to this as a kid got a different vibe from the song but I mean, I do think this captures that era of the 90s of it is almost the end of the century. And there's a bunch of kids who are looking around and hate everything that they're seeing. Um, and I do like that as, like part of the song is that they're the indifference that Blur has towards the world at this point. We obviously weren't around at this time period because we're very young and Ugh. we're ready to take over the world but you know we've been living in these times in america as people say you know in this climate Mm. i've been watching a lot of documentaries on 1968 lately because i i think that mirrors a little bit of what 2020 was like with vietnam kind of being the COVID equivalent how are you feeling about the world in general are you an optimistic person pessimistic where are we at on a day-to-day basis how are you getting through it um, I just like uh, think delusion is the best lifestyle to be living at this point. Um, my roommate had people over yesterday for like the first time, like people I haven't met before. Um, and I physically did not know how to interact. I was just like, no, I'd rather just make up a story in my head and talk to myself than have to, you know, be on for the first time in a year. So it was crazy. Um, yeah, I think delusion is the best thing. I guess that is optimistic. Um, I'm just writing it out right now. Just do whatever you have to do to get through it. Uh, Carson, I know you're a frontline worker. Not at the front You're an essential worker. Yeah, I'm an essential <laughs> worker. I'm not a frontline worker. There's a huge difference. Uh, have you gotten your COVID vaccine yet? I have not. Um, I, one, don't know where I go to sign up. Um, to uh, my boss is like they're all full like all the signups are full um, so I took his word for it and I'm just hanging out it's pretty epic that Illinois has the worst vaccine rollout mm-hmm. in the 50 states even like fucking South Carolina is like no like we've got a system like mm-hmm. it's there's a headache to it but it's cool like we don't we're doing Illinois is like hey uh, this caught us by surprise <laughs> yeah I think they just threw out a box at a CVS in like Albany Park and that's like where you get the vaccines I'm assuming because I do not know one person who's gotten it um and all my friends are like essential workers and none of us have the vaccine I do like that as my job as a radio producer I've been told when the next phase of vaccines open up I am eligible for the vaccine as a broadcaster that's (laughs) insane were they gonna get COVID through your mic Yes, exactly. It's well, I can I can finally go back into the office, which I miss. Mm-hmm. Carson, let's talk about the title track. Let's talk talk about Park Life. Yes. I another one of those songs that I just I have to respect it because it's absurd. It's spoken word from mm-hmm. actor comedian Phil Daniels, who I don't know if you know of an American equivalent. I'm not as well versed in British culture as I'd like to be. I kept on thinking, like, what if this song was with Larry the Cable Guy? Would that be the American equivalent of it? Like, I don't know, but it's one hell of a catchy song. Yeah, it's almost insane how catchy it is for just some British guy I've never heard of and never probably will just saying lyrics and then the band going, Park Life, after. I enjoy, this song makes me feel warm inside. Um, It's I think the start of how we see um, Blur be very judgmental towards like the world around them. This is a song just about um, the writer going in um, into a park 
walking around and just like hating what he sees. All these stupid little bitches in the park got nothing going on. So I I give him ups for that. Um, the lyrics or lyrics spoken word, um, morning soup. To this day, don't know what that means. If British people eat soup in the morning, go off. I, do you know what this morning soup is? No, I don't know any of the British stuff they're talking about on oh. this album. Because to drop back to the Smiths, like very British band, but they had this very inviting way of being mm-hmm. like, here, let's learn about British culture. Here it is an assault. It's like British inside jokes yeah. throughout the album. And I don't have the resources to figure out what those inside jokes are. Yeah, it's very much, I think the biggest difference between Blur and Oasis is Oasis made music for British people that Americans and Europeans just happen to like. And then you have Blur who's making music about British people. And I'm not in on the joke. Um, I've never, I don't know what a Tracy Jacks is. Like I'll say again, who is that a guy's name? Is that a place? I don't know. but that being said, I love listening to it. It's almost like absurd, this song. Like, I'm just like, without any context, I'm like, this is crazy. And I love it. I yeah, it's, it. it's yeah. like a joke that we don't understand, but we, we want to. Yeah. It's, you're, you're laughing because the audience is laughing, even if you don't mm-hmm. entirely understand it. And it's, it's really impressive. And it, you know, became a huge hit and, and it's one of the five singles on this album with the, the next one being to the end, which very orchestral, mm-hmm. almost galaxy sounding at times, just a crazy departure, even from a park life or a girls and boys. The fact that all of these can be lumped together on the same album, I think is super impressive. And another one of those very pretty blur songs, which I think they do yeah. very well. They have their fun songs. They have their pretty songs. This is definitely in the pretty category. Yeah, I think Damien Albarn can really sound good when he wants to and can sound fucking terrible when he wants to, which is so, um, you're able to hear that on this album. Uh, To the End is on that, I feel like it's like separated, like after like that Debt Collector, which is in the middle of the album, the second half of the album, I think is much more like, I don't know. It's about like youth and it's about, like growing up and being like young in the mid nineties. And this song to me is just, oh, it's like almost, it's so sad. It's about heartbreak and like collapsing in love. I love that lyric. Also they have the stereo lab girl on this track and she's just (laughs) saying sentences. Carson, what a perfect way of describing so much stuff. You hit a few different points there because Yeah, the second half of this album, I didn't remember it being as tragic as Mm -hmm. it was with a lot of slow songs, which just from the way the album begins, like you wouldn't really anticipate that. But then also, it is such a good young person album of maybe you're coming up on graduation, feeling Mm -hmm. a little bit existential, maybe you're coming into college, and who knows what that is like in the yeah. era of COVID. So happy I'm not a freshman in college right now because it seems like it would be impossible. But oh my God, this record is such a great young person record. And the yeah. final single that I that I want to talk about before we kind of get into the, mm-hmm. the nitty gritty of this yes. album, some of the deep cuts, uh, this is a low, which is really the last, I think, real song on this album. And it follows the same path. It's another horrifically sad song that feels very climactic and feels like a conclusion i thought it was a very strong way to end this album yeah um one of those songs also where i have it's a whole it's got a lot of dimensions that i think we don't understand because we're americans from a different like century um listening to this album uh, and it's got that 60s return that they had really heavy in their first album um and it's kind of more it is really slow and terrible and you're listening to it and you're like jesus christ dude like take a break if you feel this way but then it's also kind of upbeat so you're like okay let's have some more fun and then the album ends but um i think this also is one of those songs where it's like 
yeah, it completely changes the route of like park life where it was, we were happy and we were making fun of idiots in a park. And now we're talking about this guy feeling terrible about his life. Very interesting that you compared this to like a song on the first Blur record because I have never been able to get into that album. Mm. I I really like Modern Life is Rubbish, which has always been critically panned. It's considered to be one of the low points in their, cat- in their catalog. Yeah. I really like it. And what comes after this, The Great Escape, I'm also a really big fan of. There's this string of three great albums that I think they have there. And then I'm not as interested in the self-titled stuff and song two and the way they kind of change themselves become a little bit more of a global band. The first Blur record though, I have tried and tried and tried to get into Leisure and it has never done anything for me. In terms of the album surrounding Park Life, do you have one that really sticks out as being a favorite? Um, I would say The Great Escape was the one that I listened to first. I don't think I fully listened to Park Life other than like watching music videos on YouTube, The Great Escape, my favorite Blur songs on that album, which is Charmless Man, mm. which is, I think, the most fun Blur song I think there's that's out there because it's just making fun of more British people because they're such a fucking judgmental band. Um, but I think that album, it, it sucks because that one's always compared to what's the story, Morning Glory, because that they because why not put out albums the same year just to fuck with each other? Yes, but, with, with yeah. lead singles on the same day with Country House, and I think it was, some might say, was the it, Oasis no, single. No, it wasn't. It was some, like, bullshit song no one, like, really cared about. It was, like, Roll With Me or Roll It, was it Out. It was Roll With It. It was yeah. Roll With It. Oh, my God. Carson one-upping me on Oasis I know. Trivia. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, because I, there's a Noel Gallagher who's, like, he was like, oh, if you really wanted to see competition, it should be country house and some might say or something like that. And we're like, dude, take the L. You didn't sell as much spiteful old men. It is that that I, I don't want to talk about a ton of the the 1995 war of Britpop because it comes yeah. after this album. But yeah. I'm glad you brought it up because yeah, Blur and Oasis put out singles on the same day. It was Country House, which is one of my favorite Blur songs. I think it yeah. kicks ass. And then Roll With It by Oasis. And, and Blur won the overall sales in that first week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, again, I really like The Great Escape, but it went up against What's the Story of Morning Glory, yeah. which is just one of the they greatest the albums ever recorded. Best-selling, like top 10 best-selling albums in the UK ever in the history it's like it was so it's so funny to think about blur being like yes it's a competition we all have equal amounts to win like okay country house did really good the first week and we're still on top of the pops and then the album comes out and it's like they lose so bad like i I hate the whole battle thing and who's better but like oh my god the embarrassment of like going up against What's the Story, Morning Glory, Wonderwall. Yeah, like, it's insane. It's, it's, it, I felt bad for that. And rightfully so. So those are the singles on the record. I want to dive into uh, some of the deeper cuts on mm-hmm. the album. And let's start, Carson, with a song you've referenced a few times, Tracy Jacks. Tracy Jacks works in civil service. this written down a fun song about a man having a nervous breakdown um you listen to it and it's so and i have this written down on a lot of my notes pointless like why are we talking about this who's who's tracy jacks they do these things in multiple songs on this album where they just pick a name that is so out there for a character in one of their songs where i can't get past the fact that they were like tracy jacks that's a name that you know a guy down the pub like he has that name and i'm like no just pick like jack or something but instead it's tracy jacks and it just it's that over and over again you feel like you just want to i just want to beat my head in by this song it's not great but i still listen to it i won't skip it this is a related question that will seem unrelated until I explain, but Carson, yeah. were you very active on Tumblr in the early 2010s? 
I was not, did not know how to use it. You know what? Same boat here. I always looked at that interface and was like, I, I don't know. This am I, seems... yeah, I, <laughs> I, am I supposed to like, talk to people or am I supposed to just look at stuff? I, that and Pinterest, I will never understand what my goal on that is to be. I don't know what, it, what I'm supposed to do. Pinterest, I got into for a while, and then I was Googling my name a few weeks ago, as I do, and I realized that the second page was my mm-hmm. was my Pinterest account, and I just deleted the entire thing. Yeah. It's like, I don't want that yes. uh, being searchable, but I asked because in the song Tracy Jacks, there is a line that says, I'd love to stay here and be normal, but it's just so overrated, and yeah. god damn, if that's not an Instagram caption or a Tumblr post, if I've ever heard one. It is very, like, the term overrated I am just like rolling my eyes out of like life is overrated this is overrated and it's just this guy he like uh, in the song he undresses and he goes crazy and he goes naked I was like this is like the 90s this is the most British crazy person in the world where this is like they had a mental breakdown and now they're just like gonna go run around it's just so like it's just pointless there's no reason for this song to be on this album they put effort into it for no reason i think that's a very very fair take uh, carson i'd like to know your opinions on the song bank holiday certainly another departure in sound one of the more erratic songs on the record i have a question for you would you consider this a punk song it is certainly punk influenced. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I, I kind of compared it to, I don't know if you're a Nirvana fan or not, but this reminded me of like what Territorial Pissings was on mm. Nevermind, which is like, oh, they just wa- oh, they just wanted to yell for a little bit. That's cool with me. Yeah, this was like someone, if you fed the computer a bunch of Clash songs and then like said, but like, but make it for kids though. It was like, <laughs> okay, we're going to make a punk song guys. And it's about bank holidays it's like one i had to look up what a bank holiday was and then i realized oh it's just when we get the day off and the banks are closed i was like yeah that makes sense that blur's idea of punk is (laughs) buying a six pack and just fucking going crazy on this bank holiday my two favorite songs songs on this album both non-singles the deep cuts on park life one of them being the song that follows Bank Holiday, talking about the song of Bad Head. I'd like your thoughts on this one as well. A beautiful song. Yeah. I think this song is so good. It's won a lower register that the um, Damon is singing in, and then he goes into higher for the chorus. But it just seems more intimate than the other, especially coming off of Bank Holiday, where it's just like, he's yelling at me. Um, this one where he's like, it's very, I've listened to this song a lot in quarantine. And the lyrics are very comforting for quarantine of, it's all about not reaching out or not wanting to reach out from the fear of, you know, it being a thing. And I think that's beautiful. I realized this week in particular, listening to this album, I love this record. It's very hard for me to listen to individual songs on this album. I kind of feel like I need to play it all the way through if yeah. I'm going to listen to it. Bad Head is one, though. And that comes on on shuffle. I'm, yeah. I'm going to turn that up a little bit. That is a great standalone song. It's funny you talked about the lower register that he was singing in because my other favorite song on the album is Trouble in the Messenger uh, in the Message Center, oh, which yeah. I think is kind of the same deal. Low tone kind of inconspicuous song and then the chorus hits and it is just a wall of beauty i was blown away by just how much the song resonated with resonated with me listening to it this time around yeah definitely if we're going to talk about trouble in the message center i that for me for some reason i think that is an extremely american song i don't know what that means to me like the lyrics in damon singing very british <laughs> like extremely british but like it's a, I don't know if you know the band Squeeze. From I do the know 80s. the band Squeeze. Yes, it is very squeezy. The sound, like the way they sound, very squeezy in this song. But like the guitar, and just I don't know, like the the bass line in it. I'm like, yeah, this is like a Letters to Cleo song. Like it is very <laughs> American to me. Which 
And then he sings and it's like, oh yes, very British. Um, and the ooh la la's, which is throughout this album, if they don't have lyrics, they just go la 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 la, which is great, you know. But for some reason, I think Trouble in the Message Center is like very American, very youth of the 90s of rave culture and doing drugs and fucking up your brain. Um, I think that that is probably a deep cut of this album that I think is really good. A letters to Cleo name drop. My goodness. Yeah. That is, that is That's tremendous. what you get when I get on this show. <laughs> that is uh, yeah. awesome. I, a really American song. I would agree with you there. Not quite as American as the song Magic America, though. Uh, Carson, it seems like the boys are being a little cheeky in this one. Is that fair to say? And these boys, like, we get it. Like, you hate America because we, like, consume and we're greedy little monsters. But, like, get off your... Ugh. Like, Blur being a band that hates America, like, that was their whole thing, was, like, Nirvana sucks, we hate it, lame, we're gonna be cool and British. And then to write a song that it's like, we get it, Damon, you hate America, Britpop, consumption, got it. It's crazy, because I've never been, like, incredibly patriotic. I love when the world baseball classic happens, I love cheering mm -hmm. for team America. That's like the time where it's like, yeah, this country, but I've never been like fired up about it, but listening to magic America, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, like what, literally, what did we do? Like, I really was like, just shut up. Like leave our name out of your mouth. Like you have your own problems over there. It's just like, and it's just like a whole story about a guy coming to America. And then for like blur self-titled and like 97, to be catered to Americans so heavily, it's just like, okay, okay, sure. They flipped the script in the next song with Jubilee, which was another one that I was like, man, I mm -hmm. kind of forgot Jubilee rocked as hard as it did. Like this song kicks ass. Whereas I think, you know, in Magic America, they're, they're really mocking Americans. They're taking the piss out of this country yeah. to steal a phrase. I think you, cheeky, cheeky. You used the perfect word. The boys are being cheeky. Jubilee is unapologetically british like they're yeah. back to like uh fucking we're done with thatcher this land is our land wave the union jack and a, a song towards the latter half of this album that i i have in my notes all caps a hidden gem jubilee yes <laughs> jubilee the song about him making fun of freaks like virgins and nerds you were like wait this is case that's the one you love the most is the one where it's like he can't get girls he's a freak that stays inside he doesn't change his clothes that's the one you're like yeah give me another one i thought it was an excellent song yeah it's okay it's immediately when you start listening to it it's british gibberish like, I can't understand a word he's saying. And again, is Jubilee the guy's name? Is this like a Tracy Jack scenario where I'm supposed to know this guy who's like lives in a house or something down the road? Lives in a house in a very big house by the country. It's, it's yes. a, a mm -hmm. predecessor of what was to come. Uh, Carson, we're almost done with this album. There's a few other things that I wanted to mention real quick here. Some other songs that we didn't talk about. Uh, the Debt Collector, which was an instrumental. Far Out, which I, do you have any quick opinions on Far Out? Because it's a song that I thought was a waste of time. Um, I'm never really a big fan of bands who change the singer for like an album. Heart, the band Heart did it. They like gave the sister a song they were like sing a song on this album it's like the Ringo star effect where they're like you get one song Ringo and that's it this was like the nerdy basis was like I can sing about uh stars and moons and shit and it's like okay and it's really British which is cool it's a little bit Bowie like Beatles but like yeah it's like it doesn't really fit anywhere but it is like the start of the second half of the album. So I give it some leeway there where it's like, it's changing the tone. So we need like a fresh song. It's a super uncool song on yeah. a song or on an album full of cool songs. Yeah. There were two others on this album that missed the mark for me a little bit. One of them being London Loves. What did you think of this one? I love London Loves. This is like another girls and boys scenario where I'm confused why you don't like this song. It's about capitalism, it's about consuming and 
materialism. It's got good guitar. They let the guitar player actually play something in this song. I thought it sounded like a parody of a Britpop song. It was like if yeah. a- after after Weekend Update, it was like, okay, Bill Hader and Fred Armisen want to do this thing. Like, yeah. They would just write a song called London Loves, and this is what it would be about. I thought it was a rare miss in the Britpop catalog, because I typically just, you know, I like everything from this time period. Not a fan of London Loves. And the other one that I was just not feeling this time around, a song that I realize is incredibly important to the Blur fan base, uh, one that they've always championed, but one that didn't do a ton for me was Clover Over Dover, a very sad song about contemplating suicide. Am I off base here in finding, you know, in the the pretty Blur songs that we talked about earlier, I thought this was kind of the weakest of the pretty Blur songs. Yeah, it is. It feels like they had bad head and then wanted to make another pretty soothing song. That being, yeah, well, I can't even like, I like the harpsichord. I think that's awesome. They use a lot of like trumpets and shit in this album. So I thought the harpsichord was a fun break from all the air instruments. Um, It is a song about suicide, but then it's also kind of horny. So I was like, I don't think I understood where they were going because it was like, and this is like a thing like guys write this song over and over again where it's like, I want to kill myself, but I also want to sleep with you really bad. So if you let me sleep with you, I will kill myself after anyways. Like, it's like, calm down. It's just- I, I completely understood the messaging of this song. I was on board with the lyrical yeah, content. Yeah, it seems like, like something you'd sense. be good. Yeah, yeah. it's very like, it is very the Smiths-esque like, I am really sad, but I also, sex is weird. And that's crazy. Like to me, the Smiths is always like, I hate myself, but like also the ladies, that's what the Smiths are to me. And that's what this song was. I'm very glad you recognize that. Cause I get very annoyed when people talk about how sad the Smiths are. It's like, first of all, they're an angry band. They're also a very horny band. And I don't yeah. think they get enough credit for that. Like the first song of their first album is Real Around the Fountain. 15 minutes with you I wouldn't say no you slapped me on the patio like all of this just like crazy shit and for so many years people were like oh Morrissey's asexual it's like have you heard like this this yeah. dude wants it like he no, wants he- it bad and apparently people find him to be a freak because he is not getting laid and that's like all of the songs but yeah I got that from Clover over Dover like the lyrics aren't anything special he rhymes Clover and Dover most of the song um so he's not like breaking any like i don't know barriers yeah Yeah. like he's literally he's He's like it's not like like he's no phoebe bridgers when it comes to like poetic songwriting it's i want to roll around in the clover you know in dover like it's very much like oh okay yeah carson is there anything else on park life that I have neglected to mention anything else you want to bring up before we bring this episode to its fateful demise. Ugh. No. I, you okay, know, all right. <laughs> I, you know, Britpop was a crazy, crazy time. And I really think that in the end, like Blur is the Britpop band. Like, I just don't see when people put Oasis, compare them. I think that they should live separately in their own worlds. Um, and I think, in the end, Damien Alburn from Albarn from Blair One, because that bitch, he made the gorillas, and that's crazy. It's pretty impressive, something yeah. we did not talk about in this episode, but it is wild to think that like this, this guy <laughs> clover over dover tracy jack's motherfucker went and literally made the gorillas with some other guy it's insane to think about but that is everything that happened after park life oh, as yeah. for this album a 9.5 out of 10 from pitchfork a 9 out of 10 upon release from the nme and a 4 out of 5 from the rolling stone carson i only have one more question for you and that is when it comes to blurs park life who needs to hear this album and why? Um, I think people right now in quarantine is the best time to listen to this album. It's a very indoor album. It's an album 
to listen to when you're doing your dishes or you're just sitting eating breakfast. It is happy, even when it's sad. It really is self-reflective in some points that I think are really cool. Um, and I really think it's it's not a hard listen. They're not saying anything. They're not yeah breaking any brains or barriers, um, as I so uh, greatly put it. Um, but I just think you should listen to it because you should. An indoor album. What a great way of describing this work. This has been Blur's Park Life. Carson, before we get out of here, do you have anything to plug? Do you want people to find you on the internet? And if so, where? Let the people know. Yeah, you can find me at, at underscore underscore the stink on Instagram. Um, I post stories. I do not post anything on my page. Uh, but you can find me there. That's all I need to plug. Well, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at underscore case low, C-A-S-E-L-W-E. The podcast itself, if you don't want updates on my life, but just want to know when the show comes out, look, it's every Thursday. You can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, and you can follow the account on Instagram at Albums. Carson Bartholomew, thank you so much for joining me as we have officially broken down Blur's Park Life.